Happy New Year. Episode 12, Sports Spectator, John, Juan, we're back. It's been a year since I saw you, Juan. Hours ago I since I saw you. Yeah, dude. Uh, I haven't seen your face since, since last year. Absolutely uh, <laughs> crazy, brother. But no, happy to be back. I know we had a little bit of a hiatus with obviously the holidays and New Year's, but we are absolutely back. Um, as of the recording of this podcast, we have not missed a single day recording in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we are absolutely here. I'm excited. A lot of stuff has happened, John. Yeah, man. And I'm super psyched, but I think probably the thing that is on your mind right now, we obviously got in a little bit of kickoff, Bama, Michigan. How are you feeling about that? Let's tell people about that game. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I'm feeling great. I'm uh, the stereotypical cocky, obnoxious uh, Alabama fan today. I'm repping my, my Bama gear. It's 3.30 p.m. Eastern on January 1st as of this recording. So the game has not kicked off. If you're listening to this and Alabama has won, that's expected. And if we have lost, uh, you probably won't hear from me in some time. Uh, so, yeah, I'm feeling good, though. I'm excited for the game. I've been talking a lot of smack. Um but I feel good. I think Bama will take it by double digits. Um, I think it'll be over 10-point game. Uh, but what do I know? I, I talked a lot of smack when we played Texas, and that didn't go out too well. So what, are, what, what is your perspective as, as an outsider? A double-digit win. Okay, so I'm actually checking out the Hard Rock Bet app right now because then it made me curious uh, what the books were saying. So Michigan is technically favored right now, minus one and a half. On the spread, Ooh, the spread went down because it was three and a half before. <laughs> oh wow, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see it when it was a uh, three and a half. But man, uh, the books must know something we don't. This actually reminds me of uh, when the Dolphins were playing Dallas. Uh, this was pretty much exactly the spread that we had, and that's a game that obviously the Dolphins ended up winning by two points. So it's going to be close, bro. I mean, as an outsider looking in, um, you know, obviously going to UF, I I, I still have to root for Bama. It's, you know, conference pride um, at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, man, I think, you know, at the end of the day, Saban, you know, he's been here time and time again. Um, he's got the experience. Harbaugh, um, which I'm, I'm not even sure if he's going to be coaching or like, what is it with the situation? I mean, he's, they've been dealing with back whole... for it this game. Yeah. Okay. So he is back. But again, he's been dealing with the whole, you know, um, not being present at the game. So I, I, I feel like they have a lot of bad juju. Um, coming into the uh, the playoffs, um, so all I got to say is uh, roll tight, baby. I mean, Saban's going to find tide, it, uh, baby. Um, the QB's just been playing out of his mind, man. I know he started he started the season um, super super slow, but you know he's just absolutely found his rhythm, and um, he's a stud. So SEC yeah. baby, roll tide. That's that's all I got to say. Roll tide. Roll yeah, tide, my big baby. thing is like I think the lights are just too bright for Michigan. I know it's a huge program, and like they are been successful and. Uh, but they've been failing in like these big games. And this is the one year where everything's been going right for them. But, and they had the blowout loss, not the blowout loss, but they, they had the embarrassing loss at TCU. I'm sure that they'll have like that in their minds from like the previous college playoff that they got into. But I think with this being Alabama, like it's just, it's just too big of a stage for them, in my opinion. Um, but we'll see. Can't wait for the game. At, at the Rose Bowl too, it's an awesome environment. It's going to be, it's going to be a great game. I'm so excited that it's the earlier game and not like the late night. So I can kind of just like decompress afterwards, but uh, yeah, man, yeah, <laughs> dude, <laughs> for better. I feel worse. you, I feel you. But no, I'm 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 all in on uh, on Bama. I mean, I I honestly might have to drop some money, um, take the uh, the Bama money line, Bama covering the spread. But it's gonna be close, man. And I do think Saban, like, he's just really gonna squeak it out. 
I definitely think it is, you know, it's, I got to say, I don't necessarily agree with them winning by double digits. That that would just be insane at this point. <laughs> I mean, if they do, that would be incredible. But I'm always a big believer that the books, whenever they put something this close, like they know something that generally like their algorithm is telling them that the general public doesn't know. That being said, I'm still all in on uh, on Bama winning this round. Um, now, whether they end up facing, of course, Washington or Texas um, in the next round after they beat Michigan, uh, who would you actually prefer to play? Uh, between those two, John, I think I'd rather play Washington. I mean, my money's on Washington, so like I bet the future of Alabama lifting the trophy over Washington. Okay, so that's the game I'm rooting for. Um, Are you still a little Texas, salty because uh, Texas beat you guys earlier in the season? Yeah, of course. I mean, like, and I just don't want to see them like they're like they're, Quinn Ewers is is a great quarterback, and he torched us. And like, I'm all for like um, it's hard to beat a team twice, especially in the same season. So like that works in our favor but like i i don't want to see them like they clearly they had something that worked against us and i don't i'd, I'd much rather go against washington um yeah yeah so yep i, and I think that's how it's going to work out too i think um i think both these big programs in texas and michigan are just going to have disappointing games in this playoff and um you know everything all the lights are shining on them like looking like the perfect moment and i think they're just going to fall short um washington's a great team uh so but you know they're definitely not as good as like bama and texas and michigan but i think that they have that kind of team that's gonna play as a team and, and come out with a win so we'll see yeah i always think it's funny that I, I always feel like the playoff committee always puts like a team that doesn't necessarily belong in the playoffs it's always what i like to call it i remember the one year we had cincinnati like they made it to the uh, the final four and they just got like scraped immediately in their first yeah. match so i'm a big believer that i think washington's going to be the same they're going to play their match and i feel like they're going to realize like yeah lights are absolutely too bright here stage is way too big for us uh michael Penix again still an incredible qb sensational sensational athlete um definitely excited to see him in the league but yeah i think for that team that stage is just going to be absolutely too big so i'm definitely predicting it's going to be probably bama texas if I'm being 100% honest with you. as That'd the, be a, an awesome game. I mean, I'm sure the college committee wants that. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. All the channels want that. Like, all of college football would love to see that. You know, you always have the narrative of, like, Texas being back and obviously, like, Bama overcoming all the odds this season. Just a lot of narratives that um, we love to see. But speaking of lights being too bright, um, <laughs> focusing on now a team that, unfortunately, did show us that the lights did get a little bit too bright for them recently. And that was, of course, the our Miami Dolphins. We got to talk about it, John. Um, I know that last time we spoke, um, episode 11, we were hyping up this game. We said number one seed is going to be on the line for this. And it was. The number one seed was, in fact, on the line for this. We were playing at Baltimore, M&T Bank Stadium. Um, definitely a legendary venue, not easy to, to win at. And yeah, unfortunately, the Dolphins not only lost, but yeah, they just got absolutely mollywhopped to the point that after Lamar Jackson won that game, he is now minus 20,000 on the books to basically win MVP. Basically unanimous. Everyone agrees that Lamar Jackson is going to is going to win the um, the MVP. I mean, bro, there's just so much that came out of this game. Just b before we even get into any of the stats, any of the plays, whatever, not only did that happen, like we got beat so bad that basically the league said, yeah, man, we've seen enough. Just give this guy the MVP. Like, that's how bad this guy destroyed us. 
And on top of that, do 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 you follow Scorigami by any chance, John? Do 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 you no, know what that is? No, that's a great name. Now, what is that? So Scorigami, it's actually a thing that I discovered uh, on Twitter, and it's been sort of trending um, these past couple of years. But literally, this uh, page on Twitter began tracking every single score that has ever happened. So like the finishing score of any game. So a game in that finishes. Sport. No, 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 no. Just in in the NFL. Just football, NFL. Yeah. So. They've been tracking that, and every single season we always has a, we always have a score that has never happened before in NFL history. The Ravens beating the Dolphins fifty six nineteen was in fact. And so when this does happen, they call it a scoregami. So them beating us not only the uh, Lamar unanimous MVP now, but we also got scoregamied, and that to me was just like wow, really adds insult to injury. So. The other part of it was uh, the this was the third most points scored in Dolphins regular season history as well. Yep. The number one was also the Ravens. <laughs> yeah. Also the Ravens, which I believe, I believe that game was, I, I know exactly the one you're talking about. I think that one, it was 2019. And I want to say we lost like 59 to 10, something like that. But yeah, like they just absolutely destroyed us. And again, I was scared going into this game. You know, I, I definitely was not saying that we were just going to absolutely cruise past the Ravens because they've been an absolutely dominant team. And I mean, since last time that we recorded an episode, they beat the 49ers, which are arguably the best team in the NFC. Um, and obviously, there's I, I stomp. I got to be honest. I got to be honest, man. Like they are looking like the real deal. But let's talk. Let's talk a few things about the games. Obviously, there is. The negatives, obviously, lights got a little bit too bright. Uh, Tua, you know, unfortunately made, I think he had two interceptions. Yeah, I don't believe he had three. But again, some costly mistakes that, you know, uh, unfortunately costed us the uh, the number one seed. But we did see we did see a lot of positives. Cedric Wilson, low-key, an absolute stud of a receiver. River Crawcraft, that's, it's also a name that I feel like a lot of people uh, forget. Uh, but the guy is also a stud. He is an absolute great blocker. Devon A. Chain still an incredible runner. Um, but yeah, man, those are probably the only positives that I took away from that game. I mean, two ended up Dude, getting two was up. tripping. That was he, was he was not having a good game. Like that was the two minute drill. Like when he threw that last pick in the first half. Um, when it was two oh one, and it, it hit two minute, and they didn't call it, and then he just throws that pick. You're just like, bro. What the fuck are you doing? So he had a horrible game. And uh, yeah, man, Lamar Jackson was just on one, dude. He really on was, one. man. And, and you know what? I've, I've always been a big Lamar Jackson fan just because, um, you know, ever since coming out of Louisville, I feel like he always had a lot of criticism. There was always the joke that like, oh, he should have been a running back. Uh, I remember there's a specific graphic that trended for a while where someone photoshopped um, Lamar being on the Chiefs, and he was basically taking handoffs from Patrick Mahomes. Someone Yo, that captured that. Sick. If like, if Lamar <laughs> was on the Ravens, he would basically be the running back. So that was always the joke. So I'm kind of happy because I I respect the guy. You know, he like, um, you know, he silenced the noise. He like quieted the haters, and he's just like, "Yo, he went out and he balled." Obviously, it sucks that he basically destroyed us. That wasn't the ideal outcome. But I'm always I'm always happy to root for these types of guys, like the types of guys that. Don't let the noise get into their head, and they just simply go out and ball out and do what they need to. So, mad respect for Lamar. I mean, he's going to definitely win a second MVP 
well-deserved. I mean, again, this guy's been fighting an uphill battle um, ever since he came out of, of Louisville. So I'm happy for him. I'm definitely happy. Again, I'm not happy with the score. I would have much preferred to have won and to have secured the uh, the number one seed, the first round by a guaranteed home playoff game um, in the divisional round. But unfortunately, we can't always get what we want. And on top of that, we did get a lot of injuries. Bradley Chubb officially out for the season with a torn ACL. Um, I also, I got to be 100% honest. Cater Kohu, as a cornerback, I, I really like I really want to like him as a court as a cornerback, but man, for whatever reason, Vic Fangio always puts him against like the WR ones of every single team. <laughs> when we played the Bills, they put him against Stephon Diggs, who was <laughs> constantly getting torched. <laughs> against the Ravens, he got put one on one against Odell Beckham. And literally, Odell at what, 33, 34 years old, literally like one handed caught on Cater Kohu to the point where I'm just like maybe let's try to put Jalen Ramsey or someone else. I feel like this is, it's, it's a little bit too much for the guy. So again, I don't know what is going on behind the scenes uh, with the coaching, some questionable things, but I'm still all in. I still believe in McDaniel. I still believe in, uh, in, in Vic Fangio. And all I got to say is let's put this behind us and we will silence all the doubters. If simply come the second week of January, we just win a playoff game. And, and that's all it boils down to is just winning a playoff game. Like, let's learn from our, our mistakes. Let's try to get healthy. I think by then, no, Jalen Phillips is not going to be back by then. But again, just do whatever it is we need to do. We have to have the next man up mentality. Okay, Bradley Chubb's out. Van Ginkle's going to have to step it up even harder now. Next man up. Um, and yeah, man, we just have to win a playoff game. That's, that's all I got to say. That's literally my only comment from this match. Because again, it was ugly. There wasn't a lot of positive takeaways. Um, Move on. Hopefully, let's beat the Bills uh, to clinch the AFC East and then just win a playoff game after that. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, dude, the, the, the biggest, the worst thing about that game, even if even if we lost that game, the scores are the same. Just losing Bradley Chubb is brutal. Um, that, like, really sucks the air out of the entire Dolphins fan base, I feel like, because we lost Jalen Phillips and then you had Bradley Chubb, who's, like, a real leader, standing in for that and probably giving a lot of motivation. And now he's out with his second torn ACL. His first was back in 2019, I believe. And on the depth chart, next up is Cameron Good. And how many years has he played? One. I've next man up, baby. Next, next man up. But Next man yeah. up. That's, that's all it is, man. I mean, that's how Tom Brady became the greatest quarterback ever. Literally, next man up. Um, Amen. Starting QB. Inspirational. Starting QB went down. Next man up, he came, he stepped up to the plate. So this is, again, Cam Good, you're the next man up. We're looking at you, baby. Like, you really need to step it up. Because, again, Bradley Chubb was starting to trend upwards. He was starting to really, you know, he was starting to basically be the player that we wanted him to be. So just could not be a worse timing for an ACL tear for the guy. And, I mean, speedy recovery for him. He's a sensational athlete. Um, but, yeah, man, next man up, that's, that's all we can say. And this yeah. is... Again, and we're in the trenches right now, and this is when this team defines what it wants the people uh, to think that it is. Again, are you going to be a team that just kind of folds because you lost a big game, you got some injuries? Or, again, is everyone going to step up and, again, next man up and really show them that we're a deep team, that even when our starters are out, we can compete in the playoffs and beat whatever team we get we get to face. Yeah. And hopefully Xavier Howard's injury is not too serious either. That hasn't come out as an official uh, injury yet, but 
When you get carted off the field for a foot injury, I'm just assuming that it's a broken foot. Yeah, uh, not so not ideal, man. So yeah, man, just that game was a loss is one thing, but again, losing by that kind of margin and then all the injuries, it's it's hard to uh, to stay positive. But I'm feeling good, man. Um, uh, what I've seen is that the one thing that this team is really good at is learning from past mistakes. Um, so I do think that they're going to learn from this and they're going to go into the playoffs a lot better of a team. That's my only, that's, that's really my biggest takeaway from this particular That game. is a good takeaway. Yeah. I mean, like, and if, if these guys that can step in for Bradley Chubb and Xavier Howard are, can give us even a percentage of what a chain has, then we'll be good. Yeah, man. So fingers crossed, man. Next man up, like you said, huge opportunities for these guys, especially at this point of the season, like the lights are bright pressure's mm-hmm. on great competition um and yeah so who does it look like we'll play we'll play maybe the jaguars the bills colts texans so pretty good matchups for the first round if, if mm-hmm. depending on who we get um there's no real serious threat there besides the bills <laughs> can you imagine playing the bills and having to play them again first round playoffs <laughs> that, would be that is that is legitimately that is legitimately that could happen very much yeah. so which you know, it is what it is, but what, what, you know, I just want to address something that you mentioned that, you know, you said, all right, if we play the Jags, if we play the Colts, it's like, that's not too serious of a competition, but man, these NFL players turn into a different breed during the playoffs, like whatever intensity these guys were playing in the regular season in the playoffs, they turn it to a hundred. I mean, look at Jacksonville, perfect example. A year ago, they were facing the chargers. They were literally on the cusp of losing that playoff game. And then Trevor Lawrence just turned into a superhero on the field, brought them back and ended up winning that, winning that round. Of course, the next round, they ended up facing the Chiefs and unfortunately lost. But again, that's playoffs, baby. Like teams become something different. So whoever we play, even if we were to get the number one seed, whoever we play, you, you have to take them seriously. Like yeah. no matter who it is. If it's the Colts, if it's the Jaguars, if it's the Browns, whoever it is, like, we have to take seriously. Like those are teams that made it to the postseason for a reason. So yeah. I, I just hope that's, that's the mentality that the team is taking that it's serious, man. We got one more game in the regular season, which is still a big one because winning that one is going to determine if we get the number two seed, which again, will at least guarantee us a home playoff game. Um, and we'll also, you know, clinch the division. I, I actually don't think I've seen the dolphins clinch a division title yeah, literally, I have to think about it. No, no, no. They literally have never clinched the division since I have been a Dolphins fan. So that would be neat, you know, just winning the, the division. That's always fun. 2008. 2008. I was 15 years old. So this was one in high school. I literally could not care any less about the NFL at the time. So, yeah. Us clinching, <laughs> us clinching these at the time meant nothing to me. But, yeah, like I said, it'd be cool for us. It would so, be cool. Next man up, and I guess that that pretty much covered. Uh, you know, we had a nice little segue into talking about the uh, previewing the Bills game. So yeah, biggest takeaway from that one is, uh, and it's actually interesting, man. Like the, the the fucking NFL, bro. Like I feel like they know that the Dolphins. Like, I'm I'm just being 100 percent honest. Like Tua struggles a little bit when the lights are bright, so they change the schedule, and now. The Bills-Dolphins games is Sunday Night Football, literally the last regular season game 
of the entire season is Bills Dolphins to determine who wins the AFC East. And when I saw that, I'm just like, bro, the NFL is playing in the Bills' favors because as fucked up as it is to say, like, they know that Tua kind of struggles <laughs> when the lights are brightest. And, you know, hopefully something will click by then. And then, you know, it's going to be at home. Um, and statistically, like, Miami has been sensational, even during primetime yeah. games um, at home. So I think we'll be fine. But, yeah, man, when, when, when I got the notification that the schedule had changed, that I was like, ah, that's – I feel like that's a little dirty, you know. But, yeah, man. But, yeah, good practice for the playoffs. We need to learn. Well, two mm-hmm. needs to learn. Two, two, that was that was crazy, man. That was a horrible game. Obviously, he's not the reason why we lost, but, like, it's just – you watch those interceptions and you're like, bro, what the fuck am I watching? Felt like I was looking at like a backup quarterback. But yeah, man, it's, it's, I think, I don't know if he's getting in his own head, but I mean, these are the same interceptions that we've seen. We saw it at the Eagles game. You know, we had those crucial interceptions. We saw it at the Chiefs games, like all of those big games that we've had during the season, there was always an interception like this. So I don't know if he's in his own head, like, what is it that he that it is? But all I can say is, you know, I still believe in Tua until the Dolphins say otherwise. Like, he's proven enough to me that, like, he is a very capable QB. But I think he just needs to step out of his own way. And I get it, man. Like, being QB1 in the NFL, it is not an easy job. It's very – it's not only physical. It is mental. It is emotional. Like, you have to deal with a lot. And you have to learn to quiet the noise. And – I feel like if Tua can just kind of quiet the noise a little bit and just literally tweak those couple of things where on the critical third and six, third and seven plays that he has to do, again, he's making, he's converting on first down as opposed to having an interception that eventually leads to a touchdown for the opposing team. So that's my only advice. I'm still all in on him until the day he decides to, you know, want to be traded or they let him walk on free agency. Like he's got my full vote of confidence. I still think he's the guy that can take us to the promised land. I still think he's the guy that can, again, be the first be the first Dolphins QB to win a playoff game in over two decades. Uh, but yeah, Tua, if you're listening to this, I know you are a listener. Um, yeah, man, just fix those things, and I think you will be fine. You have the talent. We believe in you. John believes in you. Dolphins believe in you. That's all I got. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide, baby. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, man, but that's that's what it is. So let's actually check the. Um, wonder if the books have released it for the um, the Bills Dolphins game. Ooh, I would like to say that we're favored just from what you were saying before, as far as like being like so good at home. But no, we know, are man. not favored. Buffalo is favored <laughs> by three. So, again, it's going to be close. And I feel like Miami's going to play spoiler there. I do. I actually do think, again, they're playing at home. They're a lot better on that field. Uh, Buffalo always proves that for whatever reason um, in Miami, like, they suck. Good. Um, So I would definitely take that bet. I think we'll be fine. I think we'll cover the spread. I think we'll obviously uh, money line, surefire bet as well. Uh, But, yeah, man, fins up, baby. Tua, we believe in you. Okay, and I think that actually about wraps it up for everything that um, that we want to talk about football wise. The the yeah, the only other point 
I had here, <laughs> I had it in big capital letters is like, we have to win a playoff game. Otherwise the season means nothing. And I was actually having this conversation with my dad that like, you know, in professional sports, it, it literally doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. If in the postseason you can't perform. So all of those games, all of those historic statistics that we had during the regular season, having, you know, the greatest show on surf or the greatest show on turf, like people were calling it different things, having the number one, you know, receiving offense, having, you know, a top five defense, beating the Broncos, you know, 70 points to whatever the score was, it feels like forever ago. Again, that's going to mean absolutely nothing if you cannot win a playoff game. You know, literally look at yeah. another Miami team last year, the Heat barely squeaked into the playoffs as an eighth seed and they shocked the world, took it all the way to the finals and obviously ended up losing to the sensational Nuggets. Again, all respect to them. They were an incredible team. They were an incredible team. But again, literally all the shit, how badly they played during the regular season literally did not matter one bit because they performed when it matters the most. So that's all I got to say, man. Just win a playoff game, and I promise you the fans will be happy. To me, if we win just one playoff game, the season will be, you know, I'll consider it a success. That's all I got to say. Yeah, that's a great take, and it's true because, yeah, it's like no one cared about the Miami Heat regular season after they made it to the playoffs and, and the final run. So just, yeah, same thing with this. And, and you know there's going to be an NFL team like there's every year that makes a run in this playoffs and it yeah. very well might be the Jacksonville Jaguars who we might play in the first round. So yeah, man, could be, we'll see. could be, but yeah, all eyes on clinching the AFC East, then playoffs. That's it, baby. It's, it's actually insane that we're literally pretty much at the end of the, uh, the NFL season, like football. We're, we're going to be going through that awkward moment from February all the way to September where there's just like no football and, you know, all we have is is uh, hockey. Obviously, Heat are going to be are going to be playing, uh, so we'll, we'll be paying a lot more attention to that moving forward. But yeah, that's always my least favorite time of the year is in between it's Super Bowl and September. Yeah, at least there's soccer too now, though. There is that is that is an excellent point. So we do have that to distract us until September rolls around. And again, I'm back to making absolutely sensational takes. And then I have a day like this where I have to kind of bring myself back down to earth and just be like, oh, wait a minute. Let's let's be reasonable here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, but speaking of the Miami Heat, that actually leads me very nicely into my next point. Um, so Heat, obviously, we've had a lot of games. Not a whole lot to really discuss. You know, we've had some good wins. We've had some good losses. Um, but the team's looking, it's looking good. Uh, Jimmy right now, I think is injured, but the team is looking pretty elite. Miami heat is a perfect example of next man up mentality. We see it every single year. Again, we got Haywood Highsmith, uh, Jamal Kane. Uh, we got all of these guys that, again, it seems to be that, um, Eric Spolstra finds them out of nowhere and turns them into superstar. So again, we're still a lot of basketball to be played, um, in the regular season. So again, we, I mean, we obviously have standings, but I feel like the playoff picture doesn't really start to come together until, you know, the all-star break, in my opinion. But I did want to call out a couple of things, and that is that my boy, Nikola Jovic, finally was in the starting lineup um, this past week. And that just, that just absolutely made my day. I don't know why, but when the Heat drafted this kid, I just, I was a fan from the get-go like I just loved that he was Eastern European he was just like a better looking more athletic Nikola 
jo- uh, Jokic. And literally, like, their name is different by, like, one letter, Jovic, Jokic. Um, so I was a fan. So, you know, I was really upset kind of seeing him. Like, he wasn't getting any minutes. He got relegated to the G League for a while. Well, I guess relegated is not the right uh, word. Um, he got placed in the G League for a while. Um, and then when he got put in the starting five. Now, mind you, he only had 10 minutes of play that game. But that was 10 minutes that he put up six points. And again, it doesn't sound like a lot, but if you think about it in the span that you play, you're almost scoring a point a minute. That's pretty good, if you ask me. So I'm still very hopeful on my Jovic agenda. I think he's going to come in very useful. Like Spolstra is definitely cooking something up, um, and I'm excited to to see it. So that was probably the biggest thing that I wanted to mention. We are huge supporters of Jovic on this podcast. Um, So just absolutely love to see it, bro. Dude, he's only 20 years old. Exactly. He's a kid. Can't even drink. He's literally a kid. Like he'll literally he'll literally uh make a three from from half court, but cannot go into Gramps and uh, and buy a beer. How crazy <laughs> is that? Yeah, Spolstra is definitely cooking it up. Um, it's you gotta you gotta treat these players with like like a date. Like you're taking a, a woman out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I can't go too fast. Gotta be nice and slow. Mm-hmm. And um. Yeah, he'll be ready for playoffs, I think. I think by the time playoffs come around, he'll be he'll be ready to be a star. I think so too, man. I mean, Eric Spolster, obviously, like the guy performs, like he sees the forest for the trees. Like, you know, he again, we've been talking about it, like shutting out the noise. Like, that is a guy that can shut out the noise. And like he has a plan, he has a field division, and like he's obviously doing something because time and time again we see that he just takes these players that no one's ever heard of. Again, no one knew who Jovic was until he got put on the Heat. No one knew who Haywood Highsmith was until they played for the Heat. No one knew who Jamal Cain was until he started playing for the Heat. And again, Spolster just keeps finding these guys and putting them in these uh, these situations. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's um, it's it's exciting. So that was that was probably the biggest thing. Oh, here's the other thing that I wanted to mention about the the Miami Heat. Tyler Hero, fucking back, baby. So again, he got injured in a game against. I'm having a hard time remembering what game it was, but I remember he tore, he like fucked up his foot. He landed on on someone's uh, foot when he was coming up uh, back down from a jump shot. Um, so he was out a couple of weeks. He came back and he has been sensational. I think recently he put up 25 points against the Utah Jazz. And they're a good team, John. Like they're technically currently in the playoff picture in the West. And the West is always competitive. So for him to come back, and, like, the offense just looks completely different. And, I mean, again, I feel like we've been – I feel like this has been the theme of this particular episode. But, again, like, shutting out the noise. Like, Tyler Hero has also been a perfect example of someone who's, like, shut out the noise. I mean, every single offseason since this guy got – since uh, we drafted the – since we drafted him out of uh, Kentucky, um, I feel like he's always been a part of, like, trade packages. So, like, every single time there's been a superstar in the market, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant – Obviously, more recently, Dame, like Tyler Hero was always in the swirl of rumors where it's just like, oh, he's going to get traded to that team in order to for Miami to get this superstar. And every single time it never ended up happening. Tyler Hero, again, he could be upset about it. But what does he do? Shuts shuts out the noise and comes back and balls. And that's major respect, bro, because for you to be in the middle of all of those rumors, like the majority, the average individual would probably crumble. But again, I feel like he hears the noise and he takes it as like fuel to just make his game even better. And again, people forget that Tyler Hero was awarded 
the sixth man of the year, I think it was two, three years ago. So he's still really good. Yeah. But people forget. Fact, I didn't know he went to Kentucky either. What a baller. Yeah. Him and uh him and Bam. Um I think no, they did not play at uh Kentucky together. Yeah. Product of a uh, Coach K. Yeah, wow. He's a stud. He is a stud. But yeah, man, a lot more heat coming up. Like I said, I feel like right now our still our big focus is the Dolphins. That's pretty much where we're going to be putting all of our attention. But again, as we start shifting to football season being over, and again, as more of the regular season of basketball, because I mean, we got to admit it, like there's just there's too many, there's too many basketball games. Not every single one is going to necessarily matter uh, until later down in the stretch. But yeah, we'll be covering that a lot more um, as football season um, gets archived for the year. You know what I'm excited for? I'm excited to start covering the NFL draft when that comes Ooh. around. And like who we're going to pick and stuff like that. I'll tell you who we're going to pick. We're going to get a Ricky Pearsall out of Florida. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> Dolphin. What position is he? Wide receiver. He nice. is the wide receiver. Um, literally, um, I remember watching him play when I went to go see uh, Florida, South Carolina, and it just seemed like every single time that Graham Mertz threw the ball, it as literally, as long as it was just generally in his direction, like he caught it. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen that meme where, uh, like someone will be like, um, so like a good example would be, I was going to say Josh Allen and Diggs, but no, I don't, I don't want to say that. That feels like, that feels like bad karma. Sacrilegious. Um, maybe like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Like, there's always a meme where like it'll be like, ah, oh, fuck it. Like Travis Kelsey is a uh, is down yeah. there somewhere. Yeah, that that was basically the Gators with uh, with Ricky Pearsall. Like Graham Mertz was just like throwing the ball, and it's just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Like Ricky Pearsall is is out there somewhere. So, yeah, I'm starting the agenda right now. Dolphins drafting Ricky Pearsall. I will be the first in line to get that jersey. Um, the guy is sensational. He's like Julian you think Edelman. He can wait until like a third or fourth round because there's no way we draft a receiver early right i i i do think like i feel like he might fall to the third round because i feel like he's you know he's obviously not a marvin harrison uh type of guy um so he he could yeah because I, I i don't think i would imagine in the first round we would hopefully be loading up on defensive positions and um you know o-line that would be like my immediate yeah. concern so he could, but again, I would be happy with wherever he went. Um, I always root for my Gators where wherever they go. It sucks that like, I think the last time that I saw a former Gator on a Dolphins roster was Antonio Callaway, and he was a he was a practice squad player. So, yeah. So that's just completely my bias that I just want to see my college team, you know, those players come and play for uh, my NFL team. So, but I'm starting the agenda right now. Pierce Hall to the fins. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Finsaw is, is what I'm going to call. Wow. Hashtag nice. Ricky Finsaw. That's yeah. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to clip that in. I'm going to start making that a trend. You heard it. <laughs> well, April 25th, to the 27th is the draft in downtown Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. So I'm excited yeah. to, I'm excited to make the absolute most terrible takes during the draft because <laughs> I have the worst draft analysis. That's, that's one thing I've discovered. Like, I'm pretty good about predicting like bets and stuff and like games, but for whatever reason, whenever it's come to like draft analysis, I'm just always the absolute worst. Um, it's hard. So yeah. I mean, like none of us know. All we can do is really read what the what the pros have to say and 
share our opinion on that. And yeah. then when the draft happens, scream or celebrate. <laughs> That's all you can do. But you never know. Maybe maybe the Dolphins just pick an absolute wild card and maybe like trade up for like a higher pick and then end up drafting like, you know, one of the one of the hot QBs this season. So like, you know, Caleb Williams or like Drake May and like do something crazy and, you know, pull off what like the Packers did to Aaron Rodgers when they drafted Jordan Love, just something like crazy. You, you never know, bro. Like Mike McDaniel. That, like yeah, the, that would the be the craziest thing either because like it would give – yeah, no, I know. I could see that. That sounds perfectly realistic. Uh, I don't love either of those quarterbacks. I mean, Caleb Williams is obviously great, but Drake May, I'm not high on him. Caleb Williams is just, I don't know, for lack of a better term, a bitch. He is, And man. I don't know anything he... about him, but, like, yeah, I, just from what I see. Yeah, man, it's – it's again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and try to dog on, like, you know, a guy that – from an athletic perspective is leagues above that I am, but yeah, not necessarily a pick that like I would want. And like, you know, I, I don't think that's something that the dolphins are going to get, but speaking of quarterbacks, I mean, I, I actually did hear a very interesting take actually at the party we were at yesterday, John, I was talking with someone um, and they told us, they're like, you, you, you know what the dolphins need? They need to bring in another quarterback to compete with Tua yes. a little bit and like put a little bit of heat on him. And I was like, started thinking about it and I'm like, you know what, man, like that. Yeah. He's, he's never really had to compete with anyone. Like the only people we've put next to him are Mike White, Skylar Thompson, which, you know, props to those guys. Like they're sensational quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, it's like, not like Tua. I think, I mean, he, he might be getting a little bit too comfortable as like QB one and, you know, just kind of assumes that like, that's his position regardless so i heard this particular person probably give the best take where he said you know what you know what i could see us doing um i could definitely see us getting uh russell wilson um because the denver broncos are 100 percent going to release what him take yeah and they said they're, they're like bro think about it like russell wilson super bowl winning quarterback you know walter payton man of the year like the guy obviously like he's been in the league for a while like that's the guy that you need to kind of be putting the heat on and reminding Tua that the QB one spot is, is not guaranteed. I like so. that. I, the only thing I don't like about it is that I feel like Russell would start. Like, I feel like he won't go anywhere where he's not like going to get guaranteed a starting spot, but maybe I he know. lost that luxury where he doesn't have that negotiating power anymore. That's, so. that's my thing. I feel like no team. I mean, he's he's going to get the guaranteed money from from Denver anyways because it's 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 guaranteed. That's but yeah, so I crazy. I do agree with that. I, I I feel like teams have seen where it's just like, all right, man, you're 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 not let Russ cook from the Seattle Seahawks type of Russell Wilson anymore. But again, he still has a lot of value as a QB two, tremendous value if anything. Again, those are really good guys, the ones that kind of teeter in between like QB one and QB two because you don't have to pay them a lot of money but they're bringing a lot of equity, you know, a lot of value um, onto the roster. So where can you think back to a time where that's had success where someone like a quarterback, like an older quarterback has filled that role. None come to my mind. Yeah, man. Um, actually perfect example. Um, Lamar Jackson, because he was playing with uh, Joe Flacco and, um, and uh, RG three when he got drafted out of Louisville, like he was uh, playing, you know, he was basically like their, their, um, like Jamar, Le, 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 I'm getting tied up. Lamar Jackson was the understudy there, and he was like playing under Joe Flacco and RG3. Now, granted, that's not a situation where they brought him in. So, yeah, I guess that doesn't really answer your question. But 
my mind immediately went to that. And so he definitely like, yeah, took I'm a, saying like someone where like Tua is the starter, but like a veteran quarterback comes in to kind of like just be the backup mentor. Only person that comes to my mind is Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's not like a yeah, he's, like he's star studded QB. Maybe Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. I guess, yeah. Like unwillingly, but yeah. Unwillingly, yeah. Ended up having to just be, yeah, like a mentor on the side to uh, to Zach Wilson. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think. I almost want to say maybe Ryan Tannehill to the Titans. How you know he kind of had to ten- mentor Malik Willis and now, um, Will Levis. Levis. But he's hurt too, right? Yeah, but he's he's hurt. So, hmm. I mean, he could be really. first. I'm sure there's someone out there that we're missing, but yeah, that I'm just like I'm not I'm not thinking of right now. I'm literally I'm literally thinking through every single team. Well, I'm going to say this. I think Michael Penix Jr. is the best quarterback in this draft class. Oh, you know what? I'm inclined yeah. to agree. I feel like Drake May, Caleb Williams, they're getting a lot of attention um, during this uh, this next draft. And I feel like, you know, he's he's definitely one of the, the more coveted names out there. But I feel like, yeah, he's definitely not getting as much attention. I would agree with that as well. I think he is also the best quarterback. Yeah, it's crazy. In like, that draft he class. has the most passing yards in college football. Uh, 33 touchdowns, nine interceptions, like, and this guy from LSU. LSU quarterback had a great year, but like, mm-hmm. Michael Penix Jr. is undefeated in the college football playoff. I actually, senior. I, I would put Jaden Daniels because he, I mean, he just won the fucking Heisman. Like, I would probably put him out there as like a low key, like top tier QB that I don't think enough media outlets um are talking about. So you heard it here first, the sports spectator. We're claiming it. Jaden Daniel, or at least I am. I don't know if you agree, John, but we, we definitely agree. Michael Penix Jr., number one overall. I'm going to throw my hat in there and say that I'm also a big fan of Jaden Daniels. Because, again, he's also like a guy's guy that, again, I always love these types of stories. You know, he left, um, I think it was Arizona or Arizona State, one of those two. Arizona State. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was getting a lot of flack for that. And people were just like, oh, he's, he's going to suck. So I, I always love seeing like guys that come in and like overcome that adversity and just become like great. And again, that LSU team had zero expectations. And again, for him to do what he did and like end up winning the, uh, the Heisman, especially when you're competing against guys like you know, Williams, Drake May, a lot of guys that are getting, you know, they're like media darlings, basically. So I respect that. So because of that, like he gets my seal of approval. All right, man. But yeah, let's um, let's let's just change gears here a little bit yeah man so we talk plenty of nfl we talk plenty of heat basketball i mean i wasn't even expecting that we were going to talk about the draft but now i'm you you, you got me excited about uh talking about it is that. exciting yeah it is exciting so i'm a, i'm excited about that actually so great call out there john um so i guess we we definitely want to talk about um anything inner miami I, I mean biggest news recently was the luis suarez officially at inner miami man yeah, we're going to be balling. I mean, this is the year where I think we win everything. This is probably the best opportunity to do, to do so, as long as everyone stays healthy. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, you know, all the boys are back in town. They're going to be really excited for this one season. And then I don't know how much how much tread they're going to have on their tires after this season because we're in um, 
a lot of different tournaments. We have the regular MLS season, of course. Now we're in the Champions League, um, which starts up in one of our first games, Leagues Cup, uh, and the Open Cup. So four major tournaments going on, uh, including the, the league. So yeah, last season we were Team Messi treble, and this year will be Team Messi quadruple. Is that what you would say? I don't know. Quad? Quad. <laughs> team Messi, Messi quad. quad. Yeah. That's what I would say. <laughs> so, yeah, hashtag Team Messi quad. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's we've got a cool preseason schedule. Preseason, I mean, usually who really cares? But when it's messy, of course, everyone's going to care. Yeah. So, uh, January 19th is our first preseason game. We play against El Salvador. It's a very weird preseason match. I've never seen anything like that where we play a national team, especially in El Salvador. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. like, I was like, cl- a club team playing a national team? Interesting. I it's know if- definitely peculiar. Um hmm. But yeah, I mean, Inner Miami going to the Bitcoin capital of the world, El Salvador. Yeah, you're right. Um, I don't, I, I, I don't know if you follow their 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 president on Twitter, but that, oh yeah, that guy's actually he's he's great. I'm a I'm a big he's fan lit. of him. He is. So he's, I'm sure he had a reason in that. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that that, uh, that guy that guy probably went up to um what's because that match would they report to Concacaf or like what would be the jurisdiction for that? I don't think it's really anything because it's a friendly. So it's like not okay, so like, it's just uh, a friendly. yeah, it's, it doesn't well, count for anything. Well, the, the, the joke that I was going to make was that, you know, El Salvador's uh, president probably went up to, again, whatever jurisdiction organized that particular friendly and just kept repeating blockchain enough times until they're like, okay, okay. Like, all right, f- calm down, guy. Like, all right, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll make this game happen. And he just kept talking about it. He's just like, yeah, the blockchain the blockchain and that's why we need that friendly and they're just like all right, it works i don't i don't know how that relates to soccer but all right man you you, you got it el salvador versus <laughs> inter miami fuck it messi and el salvador why not yeah blockchain okay so speaking it. of interesting uh geographies after that 10 days after that match we go over to saudi arabia to play two matches there versus neymar's al halal and cristiano ronaldo's al nasser uh, so January 29th and February 1st, those are going to be awesome. Those are the two best games of uh, the preseason. Um, Neymar is obviously hurt, so he's not going to be on the field, but like the, the rest of that team is, is class. And of course, like the Ronaldo match is going to be epic. Ronaldo-Messi. Messi played against Ronaldo's Al Nasser last season, uh, the beginning of last season before he joined Inter-Miami with PSG. Paris went into Saudi Arabia, smoked Ronaldo. So I'm sure Ronaldo's going to be very excited to smoke on some MLS team because in my opinion, yeah, the Saudi Arabian league is better than the MLS right now. They're just a more widespread talent of like superstars over there compared to the MLS. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be really exciting. And then we go to Hong Kong, uh, Tokyo, and then we come back to Fort Lauderdale to play Messi's childhood club, Newell's old boys, uh, which is an Argentinian club on February 15th. And then our season starts. So January and February, preseason, and then we're into it in the, the dead time when football is over. So, Dude, yeah. I mean, bro, jam-packed January and February. January, we got NFL playoffs, obviously plenty of NBA, a kick-ass uh, preseason schedule. Obviously, February, we got the Super Bowl. So, yeah, honestly, shout out to the MLS for bringing, bringing – um, a tropical paradise to the drought that was the time in between February and September. Like, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. 
No, man. I um, I actually think that about um, that about covers it, man. Yeah. I mean, we're back again. We've gone. If you think about it, you have not lived a day. Well, since recording this podcast, you have not lived a day in 2024 where the sports spectator has not recorded a podcast episode. Just think about that for a second, guys. Yeah. <laughs> someone's going to listen to it tomorrow. They're like, someone's going to listen to it tomorrow, and they're like, "No, it's did you guys record one today? It's what are you talking about?" So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, our watch party. We're yeah, still trying oh. to figure it out, but it's we got about a week, two weeks technically, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From our hypothetical. And then they don't release the schedules until like, you don't know if we're on Saturday or Sunday until like kind of last minute, right? Mm-hmm. It exactly. Sucks. So I would say if you're listening to this, try and block your calendars for that Saturday and Sunday just to be safe. But yes, we will be coming back with another watch party. It's going to be even better than the first one. And the first one was already sensational. So how can we make it better? You ask, well, you better show up and find out. And buy tickets. And buy tickets. <laughs> no free shit this time. No. <laughs> so, all right, brother. Is this how we we start and are we end our new year? Uh, once again, if you made this far, thanks for listening, and mm-hmm. uh, I hope that Alabama has won. I really yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there, someone's going to be like, God forbid, Alabama loses. Someone's going to be listening and be like, Joe, what the fuck are these guys on? Like talking about like there's no day in the year where they haven't recorded and like Bama already gone like the fuck out of here. So, (laughs) but that's not going to happen. Bama's going to win. So no need to worry about that. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening in. We'll Mm -hmm. see you next week and uh, God bless. Happy new year. All right. Thanks everyone. Take it easy guys.